Thanks for joining us today on the Forward Church Irvington podcast. Get ready for a word from Pastor Justin as he dives into a brand new summer series, Hot Topics. Open your Bibles to Psalms, Psalms chapter 139. I want us to look at verses 13 through 16 as our main text. Many of you are already standing. Something we do at Forward Church is we stand for the reading of God's word for the main text. It's just an honor. How many of y'all know God's word deserves honor? Amen. Uh, Psalms 139. I want to read verses 13 through 16. If you got it, say, I got it. If not, it's going to be up on the screen. It says this. This is a psalm of David. David is saying, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows them very well. How many of y'all can just lift your hand this morning and just testify? That's my God. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Before I was even formed in my mother's womb. You saw. You saw me. You saw my substance. And in your book, now this is what is so amazing about this whole verse, really. And in your book, they all were written. What, what was written? The days. The days of your life. The days of my life were all written. The days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them. Before the days of your life even. That sounds like a soap opera. Come on, somebody. The four, Yeah, easy. Somebody said Easy. Before the days were even come, before they came to pass, God already had them written down. Look at your neighbor and say, your story's already been written. Your story's already been written this morning. Today, I'm going to dive into part three of this summer series that I've titled Hot Topics, a.k.a. Heavy Topics. Amen? Amen. Will you pray with me? God, I come before you one more time. Now, I thank you, God, for this, this opportunity that I get to share your word with this congregation and I pray God that every single word that comes out of my mouth God would be ordained by you nothing more nothing less God I want your will to be accomplished in this in this sermon today God this is your word this is not this is not my word this is your word so I pray God take it and use it to accomplish what you have ordained for it to accomplish I pray God let these words pierce the hearts of this congregation that we wouldn't be just hearers of your word, but doers. And God, I know I pray this prayer every single Sunday, but it's my heart as a pastor. I don't want anyone to leave here the same way we walked in. And I'll be quick to give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for everything that's accomplished in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. High five, two or three people. Let them know how awesome it is to have them in church today. You can be seated. Why do I preach this today? Why do I preach on this topic? Number one. Based on a 2017 study, this is one of the most recent studies that I found, nearly one in four women in the U.S. will have an abortion by the age of 45. So statistically speaking, if you look around this congregation this morning, one out of every four women by the age of 45 will have an abortion, statistically speaking. I hope we're a whole lot less than that, come on, in, in God's house this morning. But in the U.S., that's the, that's the stat. Number two, there's probably women sitting in this congregation today who's had an abortion at some point in their life, or maybe even men 
whose wives or past relationships experienced an abortion circumstance. Maybe, maybe, maybe an abortion is part of your story, whether you are a woman or even a, a man who was in a relationship with a woman who had an abortion. And I want you to know this morning, last but not least, number three, this sermon is twofold. Because I want to advocate for the sanctity of human life, especially the unborn. But I also want God to bring healing, restoration, forgiveness, freedom, whatever the case may be, to every single individual that has been involved in any unfortunate circumstance of abortion. Can I, can I get an amen right there? Hosea 4, 6. I know I didn't give this to the tech team. I'm just referencing this. But the Bible teaches us that my people, it says my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Sometimes, I don't, listen, I don't want our church to be destroyed because of a lack of knowledge of what's taking place in society today. I don't want us to be destroyed. I don't want your life to be destroyed. The Bible says that the enemy is, to, is, is out to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And if we're not aware of what God's word has to say on this subject, then we stand to fall trapped to the enemy in his scheme and his plan and his tactic in our life. See, it's estimated that one, about one million abortions occur each year in the U.S. One million babies, human beings, I know this is a heavy topic, and I know I'm not going to get a, a lot of amens this morning. That's why I'm asking for them. Come on, somebody. It's estimated that about one million abortions occur each year in the United States alone. Less than 0.5%, so that's less than, less than half of a percent of abortions are from an instance of rape or incest. Because that's the argument. Listen to me. This is going to seem... The first two weeks, even, that I preached on this sermon, it seems political, but it's not political. The reason, the reason why it may seem political is because theology has been brought into politics. Biblical issues has been brought into politics, and so I'm not dealing with political issues, I'm dealing with biblical issues. I'm dealing with spiritual issues. It's a spiritual battle that we are facing in the world and in the church today. And it's time we recognize it for what it is. And if you don't believe it's a spiritual battle, just come talk to me and I'll tell you about some of the spiritual battles that I have faced personally over the course of the past month to two months going into this series and leading up to this series because the enemy hates it when truth is revealed. But I'm here to expose the lies of the enemy. And here's, here's the truth. Almost all of physical health problems and the risk of childbirth related to the mother could be avoided by having a cesarean section birth. That's, that's a proven fact. That's why when, when I hear all of these arguments about abortion, well, what about the rape and those who, the rape victims and, and, and all that? Well, that's if you want to talk about that, that's less than half a percent of the, of the abortions. That, that's less than half a percent. Well, what about the medical issues? What about, what about you know, the, the, the health of the mother? Almost every individual case, 
the mother's life can be saved from just simply having a C-section birth. Simple. No argument right there. Some argue that the circumstances that the child would be raised in is just cause for an abortion. But here's the thing. Experts estimate that nearly 2 million couples are waiting to adopt right now. 2 million couples are waiting to adopt a child right now. That's twice, that's two times as many abortions that occur each year. So twice as many couples are waiting to adopt than there are abortions each year in the United States. There's no reason to use the excuse of a child being raised in unfortunate circumstances to end that child's life from being brought into this earth. So here's also this, this, this scenario right here. See, every single argument that pro-abortionist, and I use that term pro-abortionist, because for some reason, I don't know why pro-choice or pro you know, they, they've even gotten away from pro-choice because they want to they hide what it's really about. They want to hide that it's, it's, it's simply the fact of, of killing an innocent life. That's what they, they're trying to disguise, the fact that what it really is is killing, murdering an innocent life. It's the only legal murder that I know of happening right now. Well, Roe versus Wade has been, yeah, but that put, what does that do? It puts the authority back into the hands of who? The states. And every individual state now has their own decision and own laws to pass. Every single argument that pro-abortionists have does, doesn't have one leg to stand on. Does not have one leg to stand on. Here's the real question we need to be talking about. The real question that the church needs to be asking and the world needs to be asking is when does life begin? Because if life begins, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but if life begins at conception, if that is a human life, then abortion is the taking of an innocent life, which is murder. So let's deal with this. I know this is heavy. That's why I waited for the kids to be having kids' church to deal with this issue. See, the Bible is very clear. Even medical science, even scientists. There was a poll done among professional medical experts, and the majority, the majority, not all, but the majority of the medical experts even concurred that life begins at conception. The Bible's clear on this. Medical experts, medical science concurs that life begins at conception. The Bible says in the scripture that we read, David said, for you formed my inward parts. The God of all knowledge, the God of constant presence, had the care and concern to personally form the child in his mother's womb. God was creating a, a miracle in the womb of a mother, forming that child in his own image. And this text speaks clearly of the fact that God knew David from before his birth as a child conceived and developing in the womb. I want somebody in this house to know that God knew you before you were even born. God knew you before you were even born. 
God knows every single child. God sees them. And I'm getting ahead of myself because this word is so stirring in my spirit this morning. God not only sees the creation, but God sees every detail of that creation. Every instance, every circumstance, every plan, down to the very minute detail, is all orchestrated. It's all written down in the book that he has for your life. Your plan, your plan comes second to God's plan. And God's ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are better than my thoughts. And every single detail of every, every one of our lives is all fashioned before him. This text speaks of the fact that God knew David before he was born. And God knows us before we were born. And the fact that God knows and cares for children in the womb means that God's concern for life begins at conception. God cares for human life at the moment of conception. There's not a single child that is lost on the face of this earth, even before conception, that does not grieve the Holy Spirit. Which begs the question, why isn't it not grieving the church just as much? People want to argue the fact, well, you sure are nitpicking. You know, I hear this, I hear this argument. Uh, when, it, when it comes to, when it's surrounding election time. Well, why do you want to just pick this one single issue? Because a million people are being murdered because of this every single year. Now, you can pick other topics if you want to, but to me, there's, there's one of no greater significance in the world today, especially when legislation is being passed in regards to this very matter. So you better believe that this pastor, as long as I have voice in my lungs, I don't care how scared of the faces that I'm looking at right now and, 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 and whatever fear or confusion or, or wonder or concern or, or maybe it's just uh, intrigue. I don't know. You're like, I can't read you this morning. But I don't care how anybody else views this. This pastor, as long as I have breath in my lungs, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. God cares about the unborn, and if God cares about the unborn, we should care about the unborn. I'm going to say this because it's not even in my notes, but maybe it'll hit home a little bit harder. Because I got a whole lot more feedback when I was preaching on absolute truth and pride. Because we're so quick to jump on the bandwagon in a lot of these topics that I've preached on the past couple of weeks. But when it comes to topics like this, out of sight, out of mind. I don't see it happening. I don't see it being reported on. It's not on the news. It's not on my social media feed. And as long as it's not on my social media feed, and as long as it's not on the nightly news, and as long as it's out of sight and out of mind, it's okay. But I'm here to tell somebody it's not okay. What was the thing, what was the first reason I said I'm preaching on it? Because the church can't keep its head in the sand any longer on these topics. We got to be made aware. See, this means that God's people also has a responsibility to know and care for the children in the womb. Why should abortion be a big deal to us? Because it's a big deal to God. It's a big deal to God. I wasn't planning on going here today, but I believe I have time. But I'm going to reference this. 
I didn't have it in my notes. I had it pulled up on my computer all week long, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to go here. I don't know if I need to go there. I might just confuse people even more, and I don't want to confuse people anymore. But Leviticus chapter 20, you need to go back and read it. You need to go back and read it. Because God was speaking to the people of Israel. And he said, anyone, now this is Old Testament. Somebody look at somebody and say, this is Old Testament. Say, God didn't play no games. God didn't play no games. and It wasn't dispensation of grace, period, yet. Come on, think, who, who thanks God for grace? We wouldn't be where we are without the grace of God today. Anyone who offered their children to Melech was to be stoned to death. What is Melech? Melechical, Melech was a false idol worshipped by the, by the pagans who would actually, they would take their babies, the firstborn, actually, and they would put their babies in the hands of this statue, Melech, and they would pass their babies through the fire. They would offer the, the lives of their children to this false idol named Melech. Now, I don't know about you, but if I can just break this down for you really quick. See, there's only really two, uh, really two things that we can look at in, 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 in a Christian perspective. Someone is either worshiping God or they're worshiping the enemy, Satan. Now, I know that's heavy for you this morning, and if, and, if, and if this is your first time at church, I hope that you can digest this this morning. But here's the thing. We're, there's no really such thing as Malek. What do you mean, Pastor? There's really no such thing as Baal. There's really no such thing as Muhammad or, or you know, even though that, listen, you're either worshiping God or you're worshiping the enemy. And see, here's the thing. When we are... These are spiritual matters, and I believe that even the spirit of Malek, come on somebody, is still taking place in the world today. And so too many times, children are being sacrificed on the altar of Malek, and it's time the church stands up and sp speaks out on these topics. I had six pages of notes on Malek. Thank God that I didn't put them in here this morning. Some people argue, listen, I'm trying to tear down every lie of the enemy this morning. Do y'all understand? Do y'all know what we're doing this morning? Because every lie needs to be replaced with what? And by, the Bible says, if you know the truth, the truth will what? Set you free, make you free, depending on what translation you read. Amen? Come on. Some people argue for the moral right to, to, to have an abortion because the mother has the right to do as she pleases with her own body. It's my body, I'll do as I please. Listen to this. Psalms 1 and 39 demonstrates that God sees another person. Somebody say another person. God sees another person in the mother's womb. Science even sees another person in the womb. See, everybody says follow the science until the science is not something that they agree with. Oh, was that too political? Okay. I might have crossed the line. I'm, I'm, I'm Here's the line. I'm dancing right on it. This Y'all ready for biology class? We got any middle school minds in here? If we got some middle school minds in here, everybody's fisting to go crazy. When the single sperm enters the egg, conception occurs. The combined sperm and egg is called a zygote. The zygote contains all of the genetic information or the DNA needed to become a baby. Every piece of DNA needed to become a fully developed human being at that time is created 
at the moment of conception. So at the moment of conception, there is a unique, a unique, listen to me, a unique human that will potentially develop their own fingerprints, develop unique individual traits that will never, ever, ever exist in any other human being ever. At that moment, that is unique to that baby, a unique human being form that has completely different, I'm going to try to tackle this, deoxyribonucleic acid, DNA, from that has completely, let me word it this way, completely DNA from the mother. Completely different DNA from that of the mother. At the moment of conception, it's not one and the same. Half the, half the DNA from the father, half the DNA from the mother. And in that moment, a human being is created in the image of God. And some people say, and I don't even have this in my notes, but man, I've been, you know, you know me, I watch videos, I'm on the Daily Wire, I listen to Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, all those guys, sue me. Man, they'll, they'll get you riled up because, man, they'll stand toe-to-toe with, with the best of them and they'll argue them down on every, on every situation. But they'll say, well, well it, they can't exist outside the womb yet. They can't fully take care of themselves. So it's okay, you know, because they're, they're, they're not self-dependent or they're, they're not able to take care of Okay, so everybody in an assisted living nursing home, it's just okay to go ahead and and just call it quits. Just pull the, pull the plug on them because they can't take care of them. So let's just kill all of, all of every single argument. It blows my mind because it has no leg to stand on because all this is is a deception of the enemy to try to shed innocent blood on the soul of America. And it's time God's people stands up and squares our shoulders and say, God, forgive us of the innocent blood that has been shed on our soul. Restore our nation. Forgive our people. Heal our land in the name of Jesus. Heal our land, God. Heal our land, God. Oh, Lord. And be seated for about three more minutes. David said, I will praise you. I will praise you before I am fearfully. I'm fearfully in one. God is so attentively focused on every individual human. Fearfully and wonderfully made. David, the son of Jesse, was a remarkable man. He was a shepherd, a special forces uh, soldier, a hero, a poet, a king. In some respects, even here, he also adds scientist to his accomplishments. And with the mind of a trained biologist but the skill of a poet, David declared that he was fearfully and wonderfully made. See, the workings of the human body are stunning in their design and execution. We know now even far more than David ever knew about the formings of a human individual 
in the, in the womb of a mother. We know now medical technology and the advancements of what we actually know. Heartbeat occurs at six weeks. We know all of this now. So much more so that if David could declare under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, how, and he could stand in awe of the creator of all human life, how much more should it compel us now that we know what we know about babies in the womb, how much more should it compel us? I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be graphic this morning. I'm not, I'm not getting into what actually takes place in an in abortion. If you want to know, go look it up on your own time. I'm not subjecting you to that filth. I'm not subjecting you to that evil. I'm not subjecting you to the Planned Parenthood videos of these. And listen to me. If you worked at Planned Parenthood, if you've ever had an abortion, or if you've ever uh, facilitated an abortion, there is freedom, there's forgiveness, there is grace, and there is no judgment in this house this morning, but there is healing in the power of Jesus' name. But I've watched videos of these Planned Parenthood abortion clinics, leaders coming out and all but uh, manifesting in a, in a demonic spirit because of what they've been subjected to. I'm going to tell you something. If we don't think this is spiritual, we better think again. This is nothing but evil. Lord, have mercy. Everybody's going to think this pastor is crazy. And I, I am, a little bit. The Bible says we're peculiar. David said, I'm skillfully, skillfully wrought. That means, the, the Hebrew word right there means embroidered. Like stitched together. Every in, composed of bones, muscles, sinews, veins, and arteries, and all other parts, all framed with such wonderful skill that even heathens, even heathens upon the contemplation of all the parts of man's body and how excellently they're all framed both be for beauty and use, have broken forth, this is a quote, have broken forth into pains and admiration of, and adoration of the creator of man. But yet the, the church... We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to stand up. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. See, it isn't. God saw the substance that was being formed, but the Bible also said in your book, they were all written the days, the days fashioned for me before they ever came to existence. God wrote in the book. What book? I don't know. The book of life. What God planned every single day of your life, every moment, every inhale of breath, every exhale of breath, with every word, God, God's got it planned. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. The only thing is sometimes we don't submit to that plan. That's the only thing. Sometimes we don't submit to his plan. Ephesians 2 verse 10. I'm closing with this scripture. Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus. He says this. For we are his workmanship. We. Believers in Christ. We are his workmanship. Human beings. Created in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. 
And the Word was with God. All things that were made were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. So the very creation of mankind, through Jesus Christ, God spoke it, Jesus confirmed it, the Holy Spirit carried it out. That's the function of the Trinity. All three working together. One God eternally existing in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Here's how I'm closing this today. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose for your life. And I don't care what's happened in your past. Nothing that has, took, that has taken place in your past is greater and stronger than the blood of Jesus being applied to your life. There is no sin. There is no shame. Listen. The enemy will take circumstances like what I'm preaching on today and he will, he will cause shame in your life till the day that you die. He will make you so ashamed. He will make you cover it up. He will make you hide it. He will make you do everything but, but, but actually confess it and repent of it just so he can hold it against you. The Bible says that the enemy is the accuser. The brother, he will accuse you. He will accuse you. How you? you just filthy individual. Look at what you did. Listen, he'll even say things like this. Listen to that pastor up there preaching this morning. Listen how bad that is. You did that. You did that. And he'll make you hear everything else but this. You're not too far. You're not too dirty. No decision that you've ever made is too big for God to come in to bring healing, listen, healing, restoration, and freedom. You need freedom this morning. There's some people under the sound of my voice, you need freedom. As always, I don't, I don't ever want to take this pulpit without giving an opportunity for people to be saved. If you're under the sound of my voice this morning, maybe you, maybe you can't even relate to the topic that I preached on this morning. If you can't relate to the topic I preached on this morning, they come back next week. We'll have about a hundred kids up here on this platform and they'll all be singing worship music and boy, you, you'll just, you'll be changed. They do a whole lot better job than I do. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, will have everlasting life. God wins. God wins. God wins. No evil, no scheme of the, of the enemy, no tactic. All of those things, I'm preaching on them right now. And it makes me so mad to see the filth in the world today. But God wins. God wins. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Thanks again for joining us on the Forward Church Podcast. 
We hope today's message was a blessing to you. If you'd like more information, you can check us out on Facebook or at forwardchurchonline.com.